Welcome to the Worship Place Podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. Somebody's on fire. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're here today and you haven't been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you should be the first ones in this altar. Because you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Two or three minutes if you just repent of your sins and have faith in God. We'll lay hands on you and you will speak with other tongues. As the Spirit of God gives the utterance to change your life. I want to read uh, one verse here, short verse, then I'll refer to some things along the way. This is from 1 Samuel chapter number 16 and verse number 13. This is when the, the prophet Samuel came to the house of Jesse on a mission to anoint the next king. And after having interviewed all of Jesse's sons and, and none of them would do, he asked, do you have any others? And of course, you know the story. David was brought out of the sheepfolds. The one that nobody expected that anyone would have any use for Turn to your neighbor and said, don't ever write me off. <laughs> Chances are the one we write off is the one that God's got a plan. So here it is. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him. Everyone say anointed. In the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. David was anointed to be the next king. I want to preach from the subject this morning, the king's anointing. Precious God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of the Lord. We pray that the spirit of God would minister in this place, every life changed by the power of God in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Smile at somebody. Try it. You'll probably enjoy it as much as they would. Surprise someone with a smile. One of the themes that runs throughout your Bible is this concept of the anointing. There are different facets in which anointings took place. Altars were anointed. Before they would offer up prayers to God, altars were prepared. The anointing. Priests were anointed as they were inducted into the priestly service, and then they would have to undergo future anointings along the way to make them proper and ready to minister before the Lord. Kings were anointed. Then there's something called the people's anointing. If you remember, in the case of David, he had an extra that Saul didn't have. And that was when he took Goliath down. Something about David's very disposition 
persona, countenance, character. Somehow it gripped the population and he became their favorite. And they sang songs this way, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And so David had the people's anointing. And I want to say this, we cannot be of very much use in the kingdom of God, in the local church, without the people's anointing. You don't get the people's anointing through flattery. You don't get the people's anointing through politicking. You get the people's anointing through humility, faithful service, exemplary worship. Come on, somebody. Caring about others more than we care about ourselves. And all of those, some of them, you can put your finger on some things you cannot. But, uh, <clears throat> but you need to strive to have your brother, your sister's anointing. You got something going on in your spirit when you get up and run and four or five or six or seven follow you. Or when you start to shout and dance. We had a sister when I was a, a young convert. She'd get up and sometime lead the song service. And she'd, she'd shout like a choo-choo train. And her name was old Sister Bray. And when Sister Bray started shouting like a choo-choo train, the whole church just come apart at the seams. Everybody uh, uh, would somehow catch that anointing that was on her. Then, of course, there's the Spirit's anointing. And uh, today, again, I say to you, you can have the anointing of the Spirit of God evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the uttering, utterance. But I want to say this about David here. In this case, the scripture says, and that from that day forward, the spirit of the Lord came upon David. You see, after the anointing, David was never the same again. So then, if you want to remain the same, put your hand down. Put your other hand down. Put a hand halfway up. I'm writing a song now. Put it over your mouth. Take the other hand at half mass. Go like this. You'll kill the spirit just like a 410 shotgun or stop a rabbit. Come on, somebody. I want something to happen to me where I'm never, ever the same again. I need an anointing that will make a difference. I need an anointing that will change my life. We need an anointing that will push the church to the next level, hallelujah. Oh, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I can't, I, I, we can create a context for you to be anointed, but we can't give you an anointing. You got to get it yourself. Just like, the, just like the spider I didn't tell my wife about last night before we went to bed. Man, it was a big one. And it was right by the front door. And every, every time I want to execute an insect, Savannah comes to mind because she has this compassion for insects and she thinks they ought to be salvaged and picked up and taken outside. 
So I just quoted a verse that said, you shall have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing. And so I told the class today I decided to become, I decided to have a measure of compassion. So I got the bug spray and opened the front door and became a bug spray cowboy. So I sprayed it, and as I sprayed it, it just went right out the front door. Probably in the great spider web in the sky today. But I gave him a chance to escape. Let me say this, if you want to escape the anointing, you'll have your chance. Just offer to go, I don't know, go to the bathroom and never come back. But if you want something today that will cause you to be changed for the rest of your life, don't put your hands down, put your hands up. Don't cover your mouth, open your mouth and give God high praise. Forget about what time it is. Forget about what day it is. Forget about who's sitting next to you. Forget about next week and focus on this moment. I want an anointing. I want a royal anointing. I want a king's anointing today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so in researching anointing of the kings, I came across an interesting uh, feature in your Old Testament, and that is the presumption is that every king was anointed into the kingly service. But strange as it is, there's only six, uh, only six documented kings anointed in the Old Testament, six of them. So that automatically got my interest going. So I thought, let's take a look at these six kings and see what's going on. Well, what I found out is these kings anointing speak to us about features of our own experience. And so Saul was anointed. I mean, you know Saul was anointed. It was a documented anointing. Saul was anointed. And uh, the anointing took effect and changed him to a degree. But why was Saul anointed? First Samuel 8 Verse 4 says, And then the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Look, you are old. Your sons do not walk in your ways. Make us a king to judge us like all the other nations. But this thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed not the voice of the people. In all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So Saul was anointed to lead the people who rejected God as, his, as their king. Saul was the transition from theocracy to uh, to uh, to a kingly uh, worth to a kingly uh, government, and so so here we have it. I want to say this: the first anointing somebody needs in this place is what to do when you've encountered rejection. 
If you are suffering from the spirit of rejection, maybe you have rejected family, maybe you have been rejected by family, maybe you were called a reject in school. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I will make a confession. I called other kids reject in school. It was a popular thing to say to hurt people's feelings and make them feel inferior and to shame them. But I want to tell you, the God that we serve is not the God of rejection. And if you have been rejected, or if you feel rejection, or if your heart hurts because of rejection, you need an anointing to manage the pain of rejection. Because if you don't let the anointing change you, you will practice rejection. People that have experienced rejection want to reject you so you can't hurt them. They'll reject you before they give you a chance to hurt them. But in the name of Jesus, there is a king's anointing that can help you be vulnerable again. Trust people again. Love others again. Open your heart again. Feel safe in the presence of strangers again. I come against the spirit of rejection in this house. Would you lift your hands right now and plead the blood of Jesus? Hallelujah, 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 precious God. And so then the second documented anointing is David's anointing. I read it to you. And if you'll remember, after Saul's death, Samuel mourned Saul. And in 1 Samuel 16, the Lord had to tell Samuel, quit mourning for Saul. I rejected him from reigning over Israel. And he said, fill your horn with oil. Oh, I want, come on. Does, I want a full horn of oil. I don't tell you what. I know we dabble it on you when we pray and anoint you here. We don't want to mess up your dew. But I remember when Dr. Jeffers was preaching for us and he anointed my son late. At, everyone, a lot of people were gone. He took the whole bottle of oil, pulled it, poured it all over his head. And all, I was standing in the back and I heard him say, Dad! <coughs> Praise God. Amen. And he was under the power of the Holy Ghost that day. And anointed oil was dripping all. Maybe that's what some of us need. Up in here is a full horn. So I want to tell you that David was anointed when God rejected Saul. In other words, God, the, 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 the royal line would be transferred from the house of Benjamin to the house of Judah. And so there was an anointing, a documented anointing to document the change in authority from the house of Saul to the house of Judah because David was anointed to write what went wrong. Let me tell you something. It doesn't take a biblical scholar to point out what's wrong with a church. It doesn't take an expert to notice what's wrong with a program. There isn't a humanly designed program that doesn't and isn't in need of fine tuning and improvement. So you're no great hero if you can see what's going wrong around here. But when you see wrong occurring and you don't want to be a critic, but you want to help 
be a blessing. You need an anointing to, when, to make the wrong right. When you encounter a bad church member, you don't need to quit the church and make things only worse. You need to get an anointing that says, I'll be twice the Christian that they should have been. Some to make up for you and me, to make the church a better place and to turn a wrong into a right. There are people under the sound of my voice, you weren't raised with affection, but you are affectionate. You weren't raised with love and safety, but you are loving and caring. You were treated and abused and mistreated, but you wouldn't go near, uh, 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 getting even near doing another brother or friend or child harm. Why? Because you said to yourself, the curse is going to stop right here. I'm not carrying this abuse another foot. I'm gonna take all the wrong that's done to me and I'm gonna make it right. There's only one way that can happen. You need a king's anointing. Come on, Paul. You know, dad was a good looking guy. He had some girlfriends. We know the story. Pete, but I got four brothers. Him, me, two more. I don't know a one that has ever cheated on their wife. Not one. What in the world happened? I'll tell you what happened. When you see the heartbreak and the pain and mama's tears and, and the breakup of the family, you say to yourself, that's not going to happen to me. I'm gonna take wrong and make it right. Oh, we need an anointing, hallelujah. The third king was Solomon. <laughs> and of course, I wanna say this about Solomon. Let me read from 1 Kings 1, verse 1, 5, and 11 through 14. Now, King David was old and advanced in years. Then Adonijah, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. And David didn't do anything about it. So Nathan, the prophet now, remember Nathan the prophet? That's the same thou art the man guy. So Nathan the prophet spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David, our Lord, does not, does not know it? Come, please, let me now give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go immediately to the king and say to him, did you not, my lord, O king, swear to your maidservant, saying, assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Then why has Adonijah become king? Then while you are still talking with, boy, I love this, this is prophecy. This is, this is, a, this is an act of a prophetic act. I don't mean act like pretending like an actor does. I mean like taking advantage of the moment. 
This is what Nathan says. While you're talking to David, I'm going to come in and I'm going to confirm your words. And so you got the prophet and the princess coming together to do what? To show what was this Solomon's anointing to prove? To prove it's possible to recover from a tragic past. Solomon was born under tragic circumstances. Solomon was the product of an illegitimate relationship. Solomon was a product of probably a royal rape. David was guilty of taking a man's wife and producing a child. But let me tell you something. When it looks like everything in your past suggests that you have no future, don't let go of your prophet. Watch this. The same prophet that condemned the king and said, thou art the man. If you don't let him get under your skin, he'll come back around and complete the process. Come on. Watch this. When prophets issue judgments, hang around until they come back and issue healing and recovery and restoration. And so the princess and the prophet get together and save Solomon. Oh my God, I want to tell somebody here, hallelujah, take advice from the word of God. Take advice from the prophetic decree. Don't be afraid to invite the king of kings into your life because after the cycle of conviction and repentance is run its course, there is a process of recovery and restoration. I want, oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Some of you, all you have ever known in your life for God is conviction and repentance. And you've never experienced, you've never experienced recovery and restoration. Lift your hands right now and say, by the blood of Jesus, I'm not going to live in shame. I'm not going to be controlled by my failures. I'm not going to permit my mistakes to tell me that I'm not worth anything, that I can't be anything, that I can't be used of God in any way. I need a king's anointing. I need an anointing to rescue me from the mistakes that I've made in my own past. <laughs> oh, let me hurry. I know we're hungry, but they told me they need a little extra time. No, they didn't, but I... Is this all right? The fourth documented anointing of a king is Joash. You know the story of Joash in 2 Kings, chapter number 11. Athaliah, the queen mother, she went on a rampage, oh boy. She wanted to secure the throne for herself when the king passed. And she saw her opportunity when her son was dead. And the Bible said she arose and destroyed in 2 Kings chapter 11 and verse number one, all of the seed royal. But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse for six years. Not an easy thing to do, especially when you get to be able to walk. Wop, stop, 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 stop. I want to go see Grandma at the line. No. Whoa. 
And watch this when it came to anointing him. In verse number eight, but you shall surround the king on all sides, every man with his weapons in his hand. Whosoever comes within range, let him be put to death. You, this, is one, this is the most protective king anointing that you'll find in the Bible. You are to be with the king as he goes out and as he comes in. They surrounded him with the protection. You want to know why? Because when you're under the attack of a generational spirit, this was a genocide perpetrated by a member of, the, of their own family. It was a genocidal generational spirit. You need to surround, hallelujah. I want to, whoo. You're under attack. Some of you are under attack from the very same thing that brought your daddy down. You're under attack from the very same thing that made your mama give up on church or your brother or whatever it is. In the name of Jesus, we need an anointing to stop the death toll of the generational spirit right here and right now. Can I get an army of worshipers to say in the name of Jesus, let the power of your anointing surround somebody who's under a generational attack and protect them, defend them, fight for them. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. All right? Okay, bear with me. Don't lose your shout, but let me finish. Fifth one, and now I'm going to stop with that one in the Old Testament. The fifth one is Jehu. And watch what it says in 2 Kings chapter 9. And Elijah the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, get yourself ready, take this flask of oil in your hand, go to Ramoth Gilead. Now when you arrive at that place, look there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, go in and make him rise up from among his associates and take him to an inner room. My Lord, sometimes God, God gets you by yourself to give you your destiny. You're not going to get your destiny pretending that you got it, doing what everybody else is doing. Sometimes you got to step into a private place all by yourself. So they said, take the flask of oil and pour it on his head. And I want you to say, thus saith the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and run for your last Hallelujah. You want to know why? Because this was, I don't know, this one here was a rambunctious. He was a hard driving. He was a dust guzzling. He was a charioteer of charioteers. You could tell he was on his way by the way the smoke rose from the chariot wheels in the distance. And why so much vigor? Why so much tenacity? Why so much power? Because this anointing was the anointing that was going to bring Jezebel down once and for all. We need an anointing to deal with the spirit of Jezebel. You can't talk her down. You can't bribe her down. You can't 
You can't outsmart her. You need an anointing of Jehu. Watch this. And Jehu charges his chariot. And Jezebel gets all prepped to meet him. And she stands in the window. Like Ginger on Gilligan's Island. And she's flanked by two eunuchs. Boy, I just got a kickback on that one. Don't let Jezebel make a eunuch out of you. There's a Jezebel spirit released in the Western civilization right now. Whenever you take 10-year-olds and you put them on puberty blockers, what do you think's doing that? When you start teaching kids in primary school that they may not be a boy, but they really might be a girl in a boy's suit. And that what they need is to be medically... Whenever we live in a society that's taking advantage and disfiguring small children who don't even have sense enough to know what a proper lunch should be constituted of. How are they going to have the wisdom to ordain what their future is going to be? Jezebel's trying to make eunuchs out of America, and we throw you down. We need an anointing. We need to throw it down. In the name of Jesus, you're coming down. Out of the window. Oh, hallelujah. And watch this. You know how, he, how Jezebel was overthrown? The eunuchs threw her out. Because the energy of Jehu transferred to the eunuchs. And they said, hmm, hmm. Get out of here, you evil woman. Come on, somebody. You want to know where a revival may come from? It may come from the disenfranchised victims of experimentation. That. According to the world, there's no way back for you. Oh, enter the church of the living God. There is a way. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what they said to you. I don't care what they took from you. There's a way back in Jesus. Oh, I feel it. We need an anointing. It's going to take an anointing. Just for the sake of continuity, Josiah was the sixth one. You can read about it later. I want to finish with the seventh anointed king of kings. Isaiah 61, of the spirit of the Lord, God is upon me. You know who quoted it. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. We need the king's anointing. We need the king of kings. Oh my Why do we need that anointing? Because in John, 1 John chapter three, verse number eight, this is what it says. For this purpose, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. We need the king's anointing to take care of all the damage that hell has done in our life 
in our family, in our city, in our church, and in our world. Oh, somebody get that anointing. Somebody get that anointing. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Acts 10.38 says it this way. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Jesus was anointed to undo the dirty things that hell had done. And he began by going about. So I want an anointing so God will do everything and I can just stay here. No, you got to go. You got to get up. See, this King of Kings anointing will pull you out of your seat. It'll cause you to take this gospel to the grocery store, to the campus, to the lunchroom, to the city corner, because Jesus got up and he went about. He went about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, my God. Watch this. This is what the Holy Ghost wants to tell me. When you get anointed with the King of Kings anointing, you're going to get up and you're not going to run from your trouble. You're going to run towards it in the name of Jesus and say, get thee behind me, Satan. Stand with me. Jesus was anointed to do good. Healing is good. Healing those that are oppressed of the devil is even better. Some of you don't need healing from physical problems. You need healing from the oppressions, the hurt. It's going to take a Jesus anointing to bring deliverance. Got that? Jude speaks of unanointed leaders. We talked a little bit today. Certain men have crept in unaware. They got in. The um, Amplified says they gained entrance by a side door. Who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessing and favor of our God into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality and disown and deny our soul master and Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. Now watch this. Then the next verse says this. In like manner. In other words, you have an example of what an apostate is. In like manner, these dreamers corrupt the body, scorn and reject authority and government and revile and libel and scoff at heavenly glories. Now, King James says they speak evil of dignities, right? But this is what the Amplified said. They scorn, revile, libel, and scoff. Just like when Michael contended with the devil over the body of Moses. Like that, at that Michael did not resort to calling the devil names because he didn't have to. He just said, the anointed in the name of the Lord of Jesus rebuke you. Right. Right. 
Now watch this. It takes an anointed one to defeat an anointed one. Are you ready for this? There's only one angel ever anointed in the Bible. One. You know who that is? Lucifer. And it said that in Ezekiel chapter number 28, thou were the anointed cherub who covers. I establish you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth among the fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways until iniquity was found in you. You were. He is. So it's a matter of this. It's a matter of a has been versus a he is. Has been, I am. Has been, I am. Has been, I am. Come on, someone. Hallelujah. You know what? The unanointed, if you're unanointed, you do try to cast the devil out, you won't be able to do it like Michael. You won't be able to do it with power. And, and, and what, you, what you'll only do is just throw a bunch of insults. I don't want to just insult the devil. I want to cast him out. I want an anointing. Oh, somebody needs an anointing. If you wanted an okay, it's we got a few minutes. If you want an anointing, one maybe okay. Here, let me just review it with you. You want an anointing to write something that did something that somebody did wrong, to recover from a moral tragedy, to dethrone Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel in your life or family, and to destroy the works of the devil. If you want an anointing for any one of those things, come forward. Whoo, my God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.